Welcome to the Revolution of Interdependence podcast. My name is Will Sampson. I'm a social scientist who guides executives and companies to new levels of growth. If you want to improve your life all by yourself, look, that's your business. But if you want help from others, that's our business. And that's what this podcast is all about, helping each other succeed. We do that by inviting people into a growing revolution of interdependence. So let's get into today's podcast. Well, uh, thanks everyone and welcome to um, A Revolution of Interdependence. So today I'm with Andrea Edwards. And Andrea Edwards describes herself as a passionate evangelist for social leadership, content strategy, employee advocacy. She helps business leaders understand how they can empower employees to delight customers, grow personal career opportunities, and build, build brand success. She's also the author of a book, which we're going to talk about. So welcome, Andrea. Thanks for joining us. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Excellent. So we focus on interdependence here. Um, I didn't come up with the term. I borrowed it from Stephen Covey and from you know the world before him. But we always like to start with one question, which is, can you tell us about a person or a group that was the difference maker for you? Someone that when you look back at your life, you can't imagine being where you are without that, that person or group. Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And it could go in many, many ways. And I think so many people that you meet across your life, it's despite them that you learn. Right from them, right? right. Um, but, but I think for me, it's got to be in my musical upbringing. I played in brass bands in Australia. It's an Australian accent in case people didn't pick it up. And um, there were two people. One was a man called Bill Youngson, and the other one was a man called Doug Trotman. They've both since passed away. But as a child growing up, their belief in me, their, the time that they gave me, my family were not wealthy family. So, you know, my children were paying for their music lessons left, right and center, which I'm happy to do. But in the time I was growing up, we didn't have that. And they, yeah, they just they just gave me that ability to fly higher than a country girl, you know, could dream. And I suppose I've, I've always been so grateful to them for that. And obviously other people as I went along in my career. But if, you, if I'm looking at two, it's definitely within the musical family. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting to me how many stories um, are early on, maybe a teacher or somebody that gave you that spark early enough in your life that it really made a difference. So yeah. that's a great, beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. So I know you focus on um, social leadership. So tell us about social leadership. And in particular, I'm interested in how it's different than maybe traditional leadership, hierarchical leadership. So let's talk about social leadership. Yeah, so I, when I talk about social leadership, I'm using it within the context of how you show up on social media as a leader. Mm -hmm. So it's um, it's really stepping into and owning your voice on the social media platforms that are relevant to you. And obviously, as a leader of business, uh, pretty much any business, you've got to be on LinkedIn. But there's many, many platforms with different, you know, different communities, different audiences. And it's about showing up in a way that delivers value to your audience. You serve them by being there. It's not about you. It's not about your ego. Yeah, <laughs> it's not about what, what you've achieved, what you've won. It's not about any of that. It's about what you know and what you can give your audience that's going to make their lives better, that's going to make them more successful, that's going to make them more aware or even make them laugh because, you know, we've got some right. funny people out there and I don't know, I think the world needs a bit of a laugh at the moment. So, yeah, it's really about how you're showing up on the, 
on the most powerful platforms. I mean, you know, for the last couple of years, that's where we've all been communicating digitally, right? right? So, right. yeah, it's, it's really about that. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on, um, it was just yesterday's news, uh, Elon Musk look, seems to have closed a deal to buy Twitter. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. That's, it, that's a yeah. big conversation, right? So one of the things that I also do is I, I have this show called The No Show and I do a weekend reads where I share everything I'm reading yeah. and uh, watching, mainly reading. And right. one of the things that I'm always saying to people is stand back and wait for the news to develop. Don't respond immediately. So mm -hmm. it's only been a few hours really right. since um, we've heard about it and there's all sorts of opinions out there on it, and um, which is great. You know, we're all entitled to our opinions, but I actually prefer to sit back and wait, you know, what are all the different angles of this story? What's the potential? What's he going to do? And that, we're not going to know that for a long time. Um, he's not going to destroy Twitter overnight. I love Twitter. Uh, right. I've, I've, got a, I've, I've got a huge audience, uh, not even an audience. I've got a huge community on Twitter. Right. And, you know, especially in the climate conversation I'm having there or the political conversation. So I think it's an incredibly powerful platform if he destroys it. You know, there's plenty of others. But, um, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm definitely going to wait and see. I, I don't understand him. I don't know what motivates him. I don't know what he's on this world to do because there's so many stories of him. None right. of us really seem to know what... It, I mean, he doesn't even have a home. You know, the, right. you, can't, you, can't, you can't pin him down, right? Right, and, yeah. But I kind, of, I kind of do enjoy the way he sort of shakes things up. We do need people shaking things up in the world. So, um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, def definitely a digital Howard Hughes, you know, yeah, how yeah. you describe him. And um, I appreciate uh, you being reflective on that. That's just reflection is not a thing we see much in the world, much less in the social media world. What, is it, yeah. what does it mean, though, to be a leader, to have leadership in social media and in, that, in those social communities? What is that? How would you define that? I'll, that's, I'll ask the yeah. question. That's a good question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. I think it's it's about when you show up, you have a an audience of, and it, it doesn't have to be a large audience because, you know, if if you're say if your target audience are leaders of business, then that's not that's not the millions of followers that say a Gary V would get. Right. He has all sorts of layers and all sorts of levels of people that follow him. Uh, so, um, it's about just being a voice that uh, uh, an audience listens to. And the size of the audience isn't the important thing. It's the quality of the audience for you and the message that you're trying to get across and making sure that you're talking to the people that you really want to talk to. And mm -hmm. if you can speak to them, like, you know, I, 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 I was just listening to an event and the way this person was speaking, and I'm like, if they were trying to do that to the audience that I want to speak to, which right. are the senior leaders, those senior leaders would go, go away. I'm not interested in that. It's nonsense, right? So there's, you've got to, you've always got to make sure that you're targeting your message in a way that resonates with the audience that you want to see versus being influenced by all of these different ideas that are out there. And they're not bad ideas, right. but they are bad ideas if they're for the wrong audience. So, you know, a lot of the leaders I work with, they're so frustrated by the nonsense that goes on on social media. You know, LinkedIn inboxes are overflowing with these pictures from people that they don't know. And, and, and it's turning senior leaders off even participating on the on these channels and we need them there. We want them there, Absolutely. but there's too much nonsense there. So they're, they're, they're turned off, you know, so mm -hmm. we, we, we certainly have not got the balance right. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, no, and I appreciate you singling out LinkedIn because that's one thing I've noticed. You know, I, I was er I was early on. I think I might have even been a beta tester on LinkedIn. So I was in on early, but 
it was it was a little safer place to be until more recently. I don't know the last year or so. It seems like it's gotten a little more clogged up. So I appreciate you pointing, pointing that out. It sure has. <laughs> yeah. How did? And so, what does it mean to be authentic? I, you didn't use that word, but that's sort of what came up as I as you were as you were describing it. Like, how do you have an authentic voice? Because it seems to me that a lot of what many of us are reacting to is the inauthenticity, which is, yeah, some person I've never met who has some secret formula for something I may or may not need is going to clog my inbox now, even in LinkedIn. What does it mean to be authentic in, in terms of a, a presence on social media? So authenticity is one of those words that's overused and it needs to be used a lot. So it's a, a bit of a contradiction, that one. But yeah, authenticity. I mean, it's such a it's about showing up as who you are. So I remember this CIO at this large global company said to me, when people are inauthentic on social media, or even if it's just a whisper, I can always hear it. And mm. I thought that was, to me, was the most perfect way of, of, of explaining it. It's a, it's, it. it's a feeling more than anything, right? So yeah. we can't always put our fingers on it. But yeah, it's just it's just about just showing up and being human. And you've got to know who you are to be able to do that, right? So if your self-awareness is low, if your empathy is low, you know, it's going to be very difficult for you to even, you're going to be putting on a show, you're not, you're not going to be there for a real reason. So when you show up for a reason and you're very intentional and purposeful in the message that you're sharing and why you're there and what you're doing and what, what change you're trying to drive, um, you know, it, it's hard not to be authentic, but the challenge for leaders is they've grown up surrounded by these PR walls which is my past career is PR as well. And, um, and, and you know, I saw that. And I used to work with the analyst community in the technology space. And so I was constantly saying to these guys, no, get rid of the PR stuff, have honest conversations with these guys. And they're like, oh, but what's the message? And I'm like, don't worry about the message. Talk to these people. They're going to ask you questions. Be open, you know. And to a lot of the leaders of today, they're still, they, they can't shake off the, the PR walls because... It's like, this is what you've got to say, and this is how you've got to say it, and this is the company message. And while on one level, especially for publicly listed companies, you've got to be careful, it doesn't mean that you can't be open and authentic. You know what you can't say. You know, right. you, you shouldn't be in a leadership role if you don't know what you can't say. So, yeah, so it's just, just really just about tapping in. And, again, who's your audience? Yes. What do they want? What do they need? And, and speaking to them in the, in the right way that's going to resonate with them. But yeah, if, if you're not, if you're not being you, the people who matter yes. will always know. Will always know. Yeah. I, I remember um, there was a book, you may remember this book, it was out in the late 90s. It was called Clue Train Manifesto. Right. And oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Old school. But a memory. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I haven't thought of that. But <laughs> but yeah, that, that whole that was the whole idea. There were four authors and I can't bring any of the names of them to mind right now. But but the idea was. You can now like there's nobody standing between you and the world. You have the ability to have a voice which is given given everybody a voice and to those who are willing to show up truly as themselves and to those also with companies and products that have people and consumers and, and, and world change at heart, like they're going to show up as themselves, but those who are simply looking for whatever personal gratification, they can show up as well. 
I guess I'm wondering what is, how do you work with executives, CEOs to sort of be different in that space? Like what, what, what do they need to do? Is it mindset? Is it language? Like what's, what's the key to helping an executive show up as themselves in that space, especially given the fact that to your point, like there was a PR wall. And it's also true as you rise in the ranks of executive leadership, it's not always, you know, you get more guarded. You have, you're just going to put by, by design, you're going to put more walls around yourself. How do you help them be, be them truly themselves in the social world? I, I think the first thing we've all got to acknowledge is that social media is a mess and it's an absolute mess. And one of the things that I believe is a problem is the bad actors have got an outsized presence on social media. So these are the people that are really pushing the message of division and they're doing a lot of damage in our societies. So no question about that. And then we've got this other large sort of group of people that are, they're doing their best, but they're not really sure what to do. And they're following the example of people who, who like, you know, Gary Vee, I, yeah. I find him entertaining, mm. but I know that a lot of people find him really annoying, you know, yeah. um, and some, some people are really happy to have that sort of division, you know, with love or hate. They love that. I, I personally wouldn't, wouldn't, enjoy sort of sitting in that and as a as a female the hate can be a lot more, more sort of bitter than what a male will experience of course right so the first thing is we've got to acknowledge the platforms as they are and then we've got to say stop pulling back from it because of that too many people are stepping away from social media because of what's going on on social media and what's what that means is no. we've got this digital conversation going on around the world that is not representative of all the voices in the world and that's dangerous for us because there's a lot of people who are believing that that is the conversation, that is where the world is, and it's not. It's just that's the one that's happened, happened, happened to be happening, right? Right. <laughs> that's a, yeah. yeah. So, so what the first, the first and most important thing is it's, I believe it's, it's, it's our moral imperative to be involved. We've got to step up. We've got to have a voice because we need to get the balance back. So I'm really passionate about social media for, for its power, for positive change. We all know about its negatives, right. but the, pos the positives, which is when, from the minute it started, its beautiful connection opportunity was, you know, my, for me, social media has been a gift, you know, and my, my boys have grown up um, away from their home country. Their, their grandparents are in the UK or in Australia. They've watched their boys, the boys grow up on Facebook, right? So it's, it's a connector. It's, it's a beautiful thing. All my old school friends that I'm talking to, you know, I love it. So when it comes to, so there's the personal side, but the professional side, the first thing I always uh, work with executive leaders on is they've got to be focused. What are they there for? You know, they're not there as a mouthpiece for the company. They're a person first. They're a professional. So yes, of course, the company could be a core part of the message. If you're a CEO or a managing director, you have a, a role to play as the ambassador for the for the company that you rep represent, whether it's an inner country or globally or regionally or, or whatever your role is. But the most important thing is, what do you want to talk about? What is the thing that you really care about? So I've, I've, I've worked out a sort of a division, 30% want to talk to the customer. Mm -hmm. So they, they want to talk about the customer issues and, 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 and how they can help them solve those issues. And then obviously they sell something to off the back of that, but it's not a selling pitch. It's a customer story. This is your problem. This is how you solve it. The second one is um, 
They want to talk about their role. So if it's, uh, say, a VP of sales or a VP mm -hmm. of marketing, they want to talk about the role, how it's different, how it's evolving, you know, different types of technologies. Then there's another group, 20%, that want to talk about leadership or mentorship and, um, you know, mentoring the next generation. So that's another one. And there's another 20% who talk about issues that they care about, and that could be spirituality, mindfulness, mindfulness in business. Uh, they could be foodie bloggers, you know, and mm -hmm. people say, well, how can a foodie blogger help a, help a B2B business? Um, people want to work for a company that supports a company that supports people who are, who are doing things like right. that. So, you know, so any whatever the whatever yeah. are those quadrants, and they're, they're not even equal quadrants, but it's about finding your focus. What do you care about? I, I remember talking to a lady who worked for one of the big global banks. Her issue was sexual slavery. How do you talk about sexual slavery in a way that's relevant to a bank, right? Yeah. So I had, to, I had to spend a lot of time with her, just sort of sitting down, just hearing her viewpoint. It was something that was really important to her. And of course, human tracking, trafficking, sexual slavery, it's a massive issue in the world. Right. And it's it's growing exponentially, especially during this crisis. So you can yeah. talk about anything. You've just got to really care about it. I love that. And I love that perspective. I especially love the perspective of the moral imperative to stay involved because yeah. Truthfully, like I try to stay positive and one, of my, one of my strategies has been, well, I'll just turn off social media. Which, so I love the idea of a moral imperative. I will say what I, just speaking of Gary V, and I think it, this reinforces what you were saying, because I remember Gary from Wine Library TV, like back in the day when he was, had a small wine shop outside of New York City. He was a big Jets fan and he would serve his customers by doing really quality wine recommendations. And he built this idea of service to others. I'm, I'm not, that's not an ad for Gary V. I don't really follow, no. I don't actually follow him, but. No, but I, I think, think he, does a, yeah. he does a great job. He does, he does, but he does really um, push people away as well. Yes, you know, right. people don't like it, you know, and right. you've got to, and, and that's okay to, to do that, right. but you, it's a decision you should make whether you, because there's burden that comes with that, you know, and yeah. I, I think he manages himself really well right. um, as far as dealing with it. I, I would prefer not to be, I, I couldn't be bothered fighting with people every day that disagree with me. I just, I, I, right. I find it so dull, especially on social media. There's no space for arguing. You know, yeah. There really isn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> Actually, that tees up my next question, which is, do you ever tell, so I'll, I, here, I'll start with my own personal experience, which is that, I care deeply about a variety of issues. So I'm a foodie. I love talking about food. I used to be an environmental activist. I'd love to talk about the environment. I care about, I'm a coach. I care about coaching. Like there's, I, you know, the list of things I care about is 10 or 12 deep. Um, sometimes I personally struggle with like, am I supposed to have a brand that's very focused on this thing? Like if I talk about, um, I don't know, uh, um, if I talk about global climate change, for example, and then want to talk about coaching in my next post, are people going to be saying, what the heck, what is this guy about? Like, how do you work with leaders to help them understand what to talk about and, and maybe possibly what not to talk about? Uh, I love that question. It's absolutely brilliant. So if you come and follow me on LinkedIn or anywhere, um, you'll see that I talk about lots and lots of different things. and, and um, I started off talking about content marketing, uh, that built into social leadership. And in the last few years, four or five years, it's just been, so I position myself, I'm a voice for humanity and all life on earth. Mm. So within, mm. within the context of that, there's a yeah. lot of topics. So the first thing is if you've got a lot of topics, just go up a layer. 
what 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 brings it all together if you can connect all those dots because what you yeah. what you fundamentally care about is the same thing that I care about right, right. and all of those things, I mean the climate emergency we, if that's not relevant to business I don't know what is right. you know um, and and I, so many people have got their head in the sand and if you've noticed more and more people are t showing up on LinkedIn now um, talking about it and they're talking about it from different perspectives like some are talking about it from a marketing perspective some are talking about it from a financial services industry so there's lots of different perspectives coming which is great and I'm really happy to see uh, the intelligent participation and conversation that's taking place uh, but it's uh, but then within that you've still got the top 10 tips to be fantastic on Instagram and you're right. kind of like oh Really? So it, you can you can bring lots of different topics together if you've got a core message that you tied into. And I think that's the thing that most people aren't capable of doing. But say say you want to talk about coaching and the climate, you know, because right. eco-anxiety is a huge issue. Um, depression around the world is a huge issue. Like mm -hmm. people are, 2022 is the year that I think the tipping point has been achieved. But in order to walk into and face up to the climate crisis, the first thing that happens is you spiral into into despair because you can't not. When you really f see what's going on in the world and you read about agree. it and yep. it is, yeah. So right now on social media, it is full of eco-anxiety because people are just coming to terms with how big this story really is. And for those of us who've been trying to raise awareness for a long time, we're witnessing this, right? And so I'm always saying to people, if you've got eco-anxiety, reach out to me, you know, let's talk. I can help you through it because the path, of course, is you've got to go through it. You've got to go through your eco-anxiety. Try not to resist it. Be horrified. Uh, but as soon as you're ready and, and you're strong, come out and let's get to work because that's, that's the path out of eco-anxiety is action. Mm -hmm. And whether you do it locally, whether you do it regionally or globally, it doesn't matter. It's something. You've got to contribute in some way. So... Um, I think I lost track of the original question. Did no, I? No, that's great. That's great. That's, that, <laughs> that, that, that answers the question. That's great. I, the question was, how do you, how do you focus on multiple topics? And I love yeah. that idea of going up a level and having yeah. an overall framework for it. Yeah. So most people, most, so I, I say, if you can have three topics underneath that overall, that's, that's not too confusing. If you start, like you say, the foodie thing that you were talking about, Right. Maybe maybe keep that for elsewhere rather right. than mixing it in with your professional message because it might just be one too many. But you know what? It, 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 this is a long-term thing. It's not a short... You don't just show up for three months and go, oh, this is working, this isn't working. It's about showing up every day for years and years and years. Um, yeah. But, you know, if, if you feel like there's something in there that it doesn't add to your professional presence, so maybe tighten it up a little bit there, but do it somewhere else. You know, there's so many different platforms where you can do so many different things so yeah um, but but bring foodie in if it if it makes sense to you because i think i think that's a great topic too i love i love seeing foodie bloggers pumping or health and wellness people right. on linkedin you know it's like yeah. they give you a break from the yeah the, from the other stuff <laughs> yeah yeah i made well yeah i made this tomato and bean dish last night that just blew my mind and i yep. didn't put it out because i was like oh i don't know what that has to do with coaching and all the other issues now, but if it's if it's vegan, it's a good thing to share because people are looking for vegan brilliant. inspiration, right? Yeah, yeah, it was completely vegan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, there you go. <laughs> and so that links that links to your climate story. So you know, sharing vegan recipes, vegetarian recipes. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, we're trying to get down, uh, reduce our meat intake to seven, yeah. yes. by seventy five percent. I think we're about thirty four percent, thirty okay. forty percent now. 
Okay. Hard with teenage boys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Tough, tough to do there. Uh, And thanks for, for mentioning that it takes a while, because I think right now, among the things I'm deluged with in my inbox and in my LinkedIn is, you know, gain a million followers in, in two days and change, like change the world overnight. And that's certainly nothing in my experience says that's accurate or can happen. And we know that the problems, when we think about these really deep endemic problems, like, like the climate crisis and things like this, these were decades, if not centuries in the making, they're not going to get fixed overnight. How do you help people reset those expectations? Because there's this part of the culture that wants to sell you the quick fix, like just buy my book and it'll solve all the problems. How do you help people reset those expectations so they're willing to be in it for the years that it takes to really build a presence and, and make a difference, have a, have a real voice? Yeah, and that's when it goes back to being intentional and purposeful, right? So mm-hmm. uh, you're not there for a show, you're there for a reason. Um, the quick, quick, rich, what is it? Quick, uh, you know, the, quick that fix. saying. Quick, rich, fix. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I, mean, I know you what know, you mean. Sure, yeah. How many people do you know that have been caught out by that sort of stuff? It's just, you know, it's frustrating. I, I, I am building my presence with the, the core of what I'm doing has to be my integrity. Yeah. And I, I can't compromise on that. And it costs me because I can't be as successful unless I was willing to do some of this stuff. But even then, I, I just can't do it because, you know, the, 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 the critics in my world that matter to me are my best mates growing up, you know. And if I turned up in Australia one day and they all said, Andrew, you've turned into a bloody idiot, you know, that to me would be, that, that, that's enough, right? It really right. is like, you yeah. know, their, their regard for who I am and, and how I participate in the world means more to me than right. somebody I don't know, I, you know, right. so... You've got to think about that for yourself and what that means. And there's no there's no quick path to success here. You know, some people get um, get jumps. You know, it's just through their role. And the, and the senior leaders have got a greater opportunity because they've already got an audience with their employees, right. uh, partners, all the stakeholders of a business. But it it is hard work. But if you're there for the reason and not for the vanity and the glory and the vanity metrics, then you know it's a longer road. But it's a more worthwhile road, and 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 it's possible, but it's not easy. So mm. I I want to put that out there because you know there's times when I'm I'm frustrated that my message because it's not about me, it's about the message that I'm trying to share, and I get frustrated when it doesn't go bigger or wider or reach more people. Like I'm doing a a daily climate tip, right? Mm. It's just a tiny little video with one tip every day because people keep saying, "Hey, Andrea, what can we do?" And I've been sharing stuff for years, right? Right. And they're right. like, oh, you're not, you're not making it easy enough. I'm like, I don't know how to make it any easier. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I started doing these daily tips. I just published 50, my 50th today, right? Little tiny videos that sort of right. pop. And um, people still aren't reading it. <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh, all right, I'll go back to my 2,000 word blog then. You know? <laughs> so you just, you just got to keep going and just, you know, keep showing up and, you yeah. know, be, be there to drive positive change and, and, and be on the journey uh, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of rewards, and there's not a lot of glory. There are. There is for some, but there's not for everyone. Um, but if it's about that, um, yeah, go and go and use the. There's all sorts of shortcuts, yeah. you know. If that's what if that's what you want, but that's not no, what that's, I'm here for. That's beautiful. <laughs> but it does. It, it's beautiful. Um, I guess the follow-up question is, 
how how do you teach people to think about content? Because what I find even for myself is there's this balance. So there's things that I think have to be a longer, deeper conversation. But I know from an SEO perspective, the way to get people to click on that article is to make it five tips to or three yeah. steps toward or whatever. Like, how do you how do you help people think about that balance between substantive, meaningful, long-term, deep conversation? And this will get the Google machine lit up and people will click on this link. Yeah, so to me, it's the same. It's the same as what we were talking about before. Yeah. If you're in it for the SEO and every now and again do a heading that's going to make Google happy fine you know I, I did a LinkedIn you know something for 2022 I know that Google will pick it up I didn't even share it on social media but right. it'll get people to the site so do it every now and again right? right but it takes time to earn people's time and you've got we're all in the business of earning time we're also all in the business of earning trust so my analytics go skyrocket on a Sunday morning because mm -hmm. I think people sit down with a cup of coffee and they go, right, I'm going to spend some time with Andrea because they know that I'm worth spending time with, but I've been doing it for more than a decade. Right. And, I, you know, my blogs are always long. Even my videos are long. I mean, I do, <laughs> I do this live stream called The No Show and we, we tried to do it in an hour and a half. The last one was two and a half hours because we're having mm -hmm. really deep conversations about is big issues around the world and yeah. it, can't, it can't be fast. So... We've all got to start spending time with information that matters. We've mm -hmm. got to stop serving the attention economy, which is the lack of attention. Right. You know, this whole, we've only got the attention of a gold, goldfish, which is also being disproven, by the way, but um, people still keep using it. But, like, I, I don't want to feed into that. It's not who, what I'm here to do. I want to say to people, I'm saying to people, spend time with stuff that's important. Like, you know, the, the, the Elon Musk thing was great. It, we're on the day of news. Yeah. So yeah. wait, sit back, take it on board, listen to different perspectives, look at the different extreme views of it, you know, who's right, who's wrong, use, you know, use our brains, right? Critical thinking. Yeah. And that's why I published my weekend reads, which is everything I'm reading and watching, which is a lot, because, you know, we've been pretty much in lockdown for two years here. Right. Um, so I've got time, more time than I've ever had, and I... And I I make it a priority because I believe that you, we've got to we've got to educate ourselves. We've got to look around. You know, we've got to see what's going on in this world. And you know, we're, we're this we're looking this far ahead of ourselves. And it's like, no, come on, guys. There's some really big stuff going on. Like right now, you know, there's a heat wave going off in India and Pakistan that potentially could kill thousands of people. We've just had these huge floods in South Africa. Australia's had two lots of um, floods, and they're expecting it to go through throughout the year because of this bizarre weather events we've got frost in the uk you know thailand's rice crops down 10 percent uh which matters because we're, we're about to go into a year of famine you know i'm just i was just watching a video on the bbc of the women in kenya um to get water they they basically have to sell their bodies otherwise they can't mm. get access to water because you know that what's going on in the world is big yeah it's deep yeah uh, yes and i know it's not joyful but you know, I honestly think we're going to look back on these two years of the pandemic as times of peace, yeah. because what's coming up is not peace. It's it's hard, and you know, we've got Russia talking about nuclear war and World War Three, and you know, and we've got to look at our own country's part in where we are today and how Russia and Ukraine, the Ukraine happened. You know, we've yeah. all got a part to play. We need to we need to shift this world in such a big way because 
We've we've made all all of us have made so many mistakes. All the countries that we come from have made so many mistakes, and we're heading towards a dystopian hell. And we've got to pull it back and move. We're not going to ever have a utopia, but we can move towards it. You know, where we take care of each other. We're kinder. You know, it's not about us. It's not about me. Right. A friend of mine was saying, you know, what is the cost of freedom? Your freedom costs somebody else suffering. Are you okay with that? You know, whether it's the clothes you wear that are right. made by a slave on the other side of the world, you know. So we, we, uh, we it's time for us to grow up and think think about the world in different ways. I th I I think. <laughs> I love that perspective, and I'm so grateful to hear it from you this morning, um, because there is just such a tendency. Um, in the United States context, I'm careful not to say the American context, because I realize even we're part of a couple Americas. So in the, in the United States context, there's great division. There's this temptation to, you know, become a prepper and go out and hide in the woods and, you know, get your canned beans and, and disappear from society. And that's not um, helpful or hopeful. So my, my last question, I don't want to, I, I want everybody to really clearly hear the helpful but provocative message that you gave, which is be tuned in, man, there's big issues and we should be talking about them. So I don't want to, but I also want to ask you, like, when you look out in the world, what gives you is, what gives you hope? What do you see? You're like, oh yeah, we need to tell that story more because people need to hear that because that's a story of hope. What gives you hope in the world? So I left Australia in 1995. So I've basically been on the road for 27 years and I've lived in five different countries and traveled to, I don't know how many. I lived in Boston for a while, New York for a bit, London, worked, lived and worked across Europe, traveled all around Asia. I love Asia, the Middle East. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere I've gone is full of magnificent human beings. And there's a tiny percentage that are not magnificent. And so much of our world right now is focused on those tiny percentage. You know, uh, if, if there is somebody who is standing up and leading you wherever you are in the world, and they're not bringing people together, if they're pushing people apart, they are not serving you. You know, when I see people supporting those sort of leaders, I, 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 like they suffer too. Right. It's, you know, that's, you know, and the divisions do not serve us. It, they've never served us. We put, we're putting up walls everywhere metaphorical walls as well as physical walls. You know, one of the, com the compounds that um, I I'm watching being built all across America, where people are living behind these walls to be safe from the outside, you know? Right. Uh, you know, I was watching the, the new Kenneth Branagh movie the other day called Belfast. Have you had a chance to see it? Oh, yet? yes, love that yeah. movie, fantastic. It's beautiful, yes. right? Beautiful. Do you remember the yep. very first scene? Help me, no, I don't, I don't, I don't recall the first scene necessarily. Just all the kids running around on the street playing with, you know, yeah. rubbish yeah. bin lids and sticks yeah. and stuff. But they were yeah. all running around on the streets. There were no cars. Right. Um, you know, one mum's calling her son and the, the message is sort of conveyed through the neighbourhood and it finally gets to the sun. And everyone's just free and smiling and happy and, and it's a community. And every step since that time, you know, when I grew up, right, we didn't lock doors, we didn't, we didn't lock the house. Every step we've taken since, we've locked, we've locked ourselves in more and more and more and locked ourselves away, but it's not serving us. It's leading us off a, off a cliff and it's time for us to come back together again. 
You know, and there's a, a really interesting piece about the information wars that have been going on for a long time. We've all been duped. You right. know, the amount of misinformation that's been circulated, and that's why we've got to think for ourselves. We've got to think harder. We can't believe what we what we watch and listen to. If we're only trusting one source of information, we're not doing ourselves a, 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 any favours. We've got to you, listen to the opposition, even if you, it makes you uncomfortable. You know, for me, that would be Fox News. I can't stand listening to it. It's in opposition to me, but I do it because I think it's important. And then it's not only that, I hear different points of view that I don't hear otherwise. I hear the language being used. And if I know the words that people are using, then I can communicate more effectively. So we've all got to listen to each other and it's not about you agreeing with me, it's just about all of us capable of hearing each other and we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to our children because what we're actually fighting for is a livable future for our children and mm. it's not looking good. And you know, if you're a parent, yeah. it's on you to get out there and be part of this because our kids need us, they really do. And our grandkids for, for others, you know, we, they need us, we've got to step up. Yeah. Beautiful, hopeful, challenging, all of the above. So thank yeah. you so much. I appreciate it. So excited to share this message out there with my listeners. Uh, how can people find you and connect with you? I'm very, very, I'm very easy to find. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my website is andreatedwards.com and andreatedwards is my handle pretty much everywhere. Or it might be Uncommon Andrea on Instagram. Um, so, but otherwise, yeah, and uncommon-courage.com is my book website, but yeah, I'm easy to find you. You won't miss me. And just, just remember, I know a lot of people are feeling very, very hopeless right now mm -hmm. where there's life, there's hope, you know, remember that where there's life, there's hope. We can do this. We can yeah. do this. So a lot of people are really suffering right now. They're really struggling to find their hope. I was, I've been talking to some people today and they've been telling me they're really, really struggling that we can do this. But, you know, spend the time feeling how you need to feel, then come out the other end and let's get to work because we need to. Thank you. Thank you for your voice, for the challenge and, and your presence. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk again nice soon. To talk to you. Yeah, All right. cool. Bye. And that's a wrap for today. Please follow me on social. You can find me at Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at TheWillSampson. Please hit the subscribe button below to be notified of the latest episodes. Thanks everyone. And I will see you next time on the Revolution of Interdependence podcast.